0: Welcome everyone, we are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a lean-in factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. How many of you see a move of God coming? We don't see everything. Come on, stand to your feet if you believe it. Some are say, you are the move. Come on, say it again. You are the move. It's great to see you in the house of God. It's great to see you online, though I don't see you online, but I see you online, and I'm glad you're here. You know, I want to say this before I get into my talk today, that it's so important to feed faith during this time, and and whether you know it or not, I don't know if you know, but we do have a podcast, and so you can either watch it through YouTube, or you can listen to it on a podcast, and um, hey, if one of those words, sometimes you'll just be, I just want to tell you, sometimes you'll be in a service, and it's like, it's like the breath of God just breathed on something, and I promise you, I've listened to some messages seven times before until I got it in here. And uh, my wife had an amazing word. I was actually probably the only man, I think, almost in service. Actually, no, men were serving. It was pretty cool. I think I was the only man sitting on Wednesday night. She had an amazing word. And the reason I mention our podcast is because I also did a podcast solely on fear. And it wasn't me preaching about fear. It was simply reading scriptures on fear, Old Testament, New Testament scriptures. And so if you're dealing with anxiousness, dealing with fear, and I believe that, Probably 75% of people are dealing with that to some extent uh, at the moment. Um, and so listen, listen to it. Listen to it a number of times. It's simply me reading the Word of God. I believe it's going to help you. If you know it helps someone else to uh, share it with them, I'd so encourage that. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right, I'm, I want to read a passage of Scripture to you and then get into week two. Week two of Shades. Second Kings chapter 6. Verse 15. Felt like the Lord nudged me with this scripture this morning. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. He said, Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? Someone say, What shall we do? Verse 16. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered. Someone say, Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more. That'll just preach all by itself. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I just thank you. Every man, every woman within the sound of my voice, those online, those in this auditorium, God, those getting taught in our kids' uh, area right now, Father, we need you. I declare right now, Holy Spirit, we need you. Fill this place. Fill every home. Fill every heart. Lord, speak to them where they need it. Speak life and faith and hope, I pray, over every life, every family, every generation represented, Father. Lord, those words on that, on that screen today. Lord, I see I see authors writing books. I see people writing songs. I see people starting businesses. I see people getting out of fear in Jesus' name. Lord, I see amazing days ahead for your house, but I pray that you would anoint your people to see what they need to see today. This week, help them see what they need to see today. Come on, pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, speak to my heart. I open my life, I open my heart to you. Renew my mind where I need it. Help me think your thoughts. Help me have a wise heart and a loving heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Come on, if you believe it, give the Lord a hand. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, worship team. You can grab your seat, guys. How many thought the weather was a little nice this morning? I mean, you love when you wake up in, and uh, you walk outside and go, ooh. I literally, I was like, oh, a little fresh, a little, a little of that fall briskness in the air. Let me give you a touch backstory of the text that we just read. Elijah is, Elisha is the prophet who was Elijah's servant Elijah was his mentor and he was following him and served him and helped him for numerous different years. We're not sure how long, but he serves him a number of years. And then when Elijah is literally taken up into heaven, he's the two man, two, two of the men of the New Testament or Old Testament, sorry, that do not actually physically die. It was Enoch and it was Elijah and Elisha is the next man and um, he would prophesy and, and literally know things that other people could not know because the Spirit of God would speak to him. Well, there was a king, the king of Aram, and the Aramean army were against the Jewish nation, and they were trying to have war with them. And the problem was the king of Aram would give an instruction, listen, attack them this way, and Elisha would hear from God, and he'd literally go tell the king, send some people that way, or move over that way, and the king of Aram literally got so confused, and he begins to shout at some of his attendees, and begins to shout at his servants and his, and his military leaders, and he says, who of you is betraying me? And one of them speaks up and says, no, 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 they have Elisha with them, and when you declare." something he hears it and he literally tells and so king of Aram literally is like well I'm going to kill this character and he sends an army to them and surrounds Elisha and his servant and then an amazing passage of scripture really unfolds in our eyes is that the servant goes outside and realizes that they are surrounded by navy seals how many know that's a bad day when they're not on your side like, it's not one of them. No, they're surrounded by them. And he literally says, what are we going to do? And I love Elisha's uh, response. He says, first, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And then he says, Lord, open their eyes. Open his eyes to see. And all of a sudden, he is seeing physically, but then he begins to see spiritually. Someone say, see it physically, but see it Spiritually. He is seeing it with his natural eyes, and then God says, open his eyes, and his eyes are literally opened, and all of a sudden, he sees something completely different, and he recognizes that God is for them. Wouldn't it be amazing if God opened your eyes spiritually, in this room right now? You, I, I believe if God opened your eyes right now, you would see in the praise and worship time, you would see like the touch of the Holy Spirit coming upon people. I believe at, at different times, you would see angels in this place. I also believe that you would even see, weirdly, what you're clothed with. Not what you pretend to be clothed with, or what your Adidas shirt is saying to us, or Aeropostale, or your Kids Alive shirt has, none of those things. I believe that you'd look down and see how you're actually clothed. And you'd be like, some of you would be like, oh wow, God has given me His clothing, God has given me His armor. And some of you might look down and go, why am I wearing unthankfulness? Why am I wearing a, a bitter spirit? Why am I wearing unforgiveness? Why am I wearing attitudes that would stop me and hinder me? Yeah. How many believe that that might be quite enlightening? Yeah. How many think that might be good? Yeah. Some say, Open my eyes. Yeah. See, sometimes you might literally be sitting there like, How come I'm clothed with pride? How come I'm clothed with, with a defeated spirit? Why am I clothed with things that I'm not meant to be clothed with? Because if God gave you the clothing, if Jesus died on a cross to give you the clothing of a more than a conqueror, why would we want to wear anything else? Come on, I'm preaching to anyone online today, in this auditorium today. See, I believe you'd put on some shades, and I believe you'd literally go, whoa, that's crazy. I don't know if you'd say Das, but I think you would. I, say, I think you'd say Das crazy. See, your beliefs are the eyes with which you see the world. Your beliefs, your experiences, your education, your successes, your failures, the things that you watch, listen to and read, they shape us in very obvious ways, but they also shape us subtly, don't they? The things that you watch on TV, it's called television programming for a reason. Just take away television all of a sudden, just think programming. And if you think about programming, you're like, wait, what are they programming? Their beliefs. You're just sitting there watching TV, and you're like, I'm just watching it. It's nothing wrong with it. Programmed. To believe certain things. To not believe certain things. I found as a... as 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 a pastor, and then just as a, as a Christian, and then as a, as a husband and a father, and, and then just kind of with the, the, the stuff going on in the world, I find that the battle is actually for truth. I find that the battle is for truth, and we either walk in it or we don't. How many know that sometimes truth slaps you outside the head? And truth is easily avoided, let's be honest. you literally like I could tell you the truth and you just avoid it. I'd be like, "Listen, you got broccoli in your teeth, and you just like, you can't even tell, because I look like a dental assistant. And you can avoid it, can't you? How many you just avoiding truth sometimes? How many know that it's easy to avoid truth? How many think if you're a Christian that if Jesus is the truth, that if, we're, if it's easy to avoid truth, we're actually avoiding Him. The power of the Christian life is found in the simplicity of believing. The power and the essence of the Christian life. And we began to talk last week about how the, the church at Galatia was started really well with faith. It was the simplicity of believing upon the essence of Christ. That he would give them a gift called righteousness. And then they began to add all these do's and all these don'ts to it. And I want to say to you today that believing is seeing. You heard certain people say, I never believe it till I see it. You Why know, Say to them, you ever seen your brain? Anyway, you don't have to do it obnoxiously, but I just thought that was funny. (sighs) Believing is seeing. Someone say, give me new shades. There's a Jewish man in the Bible named Saul. He is, he believes, but he's dead wrong. He is sincere, but he is dead wrong. You ever hear, as long as they're sincere? Paul is completely in a realm of faith and he says, I believe this. He's passionate. He's zealous. He is He is sincere and he is sincerely wrong. Yeah. See, what you and I believe is important, isn't it? Yeah. That's why teaching and preaching, that's why the house of God, that's why groups, that's why we talk about groups because sometimes you can hear truth, but how many know it's 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 easier to apply truth sometimes in smaller environments because you walk out of a place and you've heard truth, but you haven't done it yet. So it's like you hear it and you're like, I know that. But you don't know it unless you do it, do you? I was cycling. Actually, I was riding my bike with my daughters uh, yesterday. Seen me do a lot of bike stories recently. And then I'm like, Shelly, stop. And she starts putting her toes down instead of pressing the brake. And I'm like, honey, don't do that. Number one, your shoes are new. Okay, it costs $50 or whatever they cost. I don't remember. Mommy bought them on Amazon. But she was using her toes to stop. And then I often find when I tell my kids something, they're like, I know. And I'm like, no, you don't. Because if you knew, you'd do it. And then my little daughter, for some reason, I was like, I need to go back to the first steps of riding a bike because w- I was like, honey, stop. And she didn't stop and she just kept on going and she just ran right into a parked car. <laughs> Luckily, she didn't hurt herself. She kind of bumped forward a little bit. I'm like, honey, press backwards. That's the brake. Like, and I got a little mad. I was like, what is going on? I've taught you this. You know this. They're like, Daddy, we know this. And I'm like, you don't know it. Because if you know it, you do it. I believe in God. And you know James actually says, so do demons. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? He's literally like, they believe in God, but they don't worship God. and They don't love God. Are you with me? Philippians chapter 3. Paul is speaking, Saul really is speaking of his old life, and he says, if anyone or if someone else thinks they have reasons to put more confidence in the flesh, he says, I have more. Someone say more. more. So he begins to lay out his Jewish heritage, he says, I'm circumcised on the eighth day, which was the day they were meant to. He says, I'm of the people of Israel, I'm not in, even just of them, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, I am a Hebrew of Hebrews. And in regard to the law, I'm a Pharisee, which was the strictest sect. As for zeal, persecuting the church. And as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. Here's what's amazing. He has a incredible, what you would call moral and spiritual heritage. And he has pride in that heritage or he used to when he was Saul. Then Jesus in Acts chapter nine, he is literally on his way to arrest and murder Christians. And Jesus shows up and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then this zealous, sincere, passionate Jewish believer in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob realizes that Jesus is the Messiah, and here's what's amazing, all of a sudden, in Acts chapter 9, verse 8, the Bible says Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, someone say open his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand in Damascus, and for three days, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Why does God leave Saul blind? three days God is not the giver of blindness how many know that Jesus wherever he would go he would not give blindness he would heal blindness but he leaves him starstruck or blind for three days why does God leave him blind for three days so that he can awaken I believe his spiritual eyes so that he can think about his life. He has much to think about. He is a zealous, passionate believer in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then all of a sudden, he realizes that that Jesus really is the Jewish Messiah, which means everything in his life has to change. Like everything. And then he becomes, Jewish people would call non-Jewish people Gentiles. Doesn't matter if you're black, white. Hispanic Asian, it didn't matter. If you were a non-Jew, you were called a gentile, and they would call you an uncircumcised heathen. Let me put up your hands if you're an uncircumcised heathen. Some of you are not, a little bit confused. Like, I don't want to put up my hand because that just feels awkward. That is really what the Jewish people would—they would separate you from you. They would—they would—they would shrink from you. They would get away from you. They didn't—they didn't, they didn't want to marry you when they married you. That was wrong, and that was God's law at the time. There was so much that his whole identity had to change. How many know that Saul's mother and father were proud of him? Because he was, the Bible says, he was superseding many other people at his own age. He was a leader. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, which was really a very well-respected, and all of a sudden, he has to leave the respect of people and the approval of people his own Jewish heritage, and his own Jewish community, he has to leave that and become a follower of Jesus. And most people thought at that time, it's a sect, it's a cult, and you don't know what you're talking about. How does someone leave the popularity of the crowd, the popularity of mom, the popularity of dad, the popularity of your cousins, how does someone leave the popularity of everyone they know and begin to follow this Jesus because he literally got immersed in a complete new identity. Let me say that again. He got completely immersed in a new identity. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians five seventeen: if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. It says all things have gone. Behold, it says all things have become new. Now, how many of you know that happens in a moment, but sometimes you've still got some old mindsets to let go of? Sometimes you still care about what some other people think. I love what Craig Rochelle said. He said, the easiest way to forget about what God thinks is to become obsessed with what everyone else thinks. Hear that again. The easiest way to forget what God thinks of you is to become obsessed about what everyone else thinks of you. You and I need to put on shades. And it is the new identity that we have in Christ Jesus. Are you with me? See, I believe this. When you see God, you'll see yourself rightly. Listen to Acts chapter nine, verse seventeen. Then Ananias went to the house and entered, placing his hands. This is after three days, and he said, "Brother, saw so the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again." Someone say, "See again." And be filled with the Holy Spirit, and immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes so he could see again. And then from there on, he becomes the most passionate, the most zealous, sincere follower of Jesus. Why is truth important? Because you can be sincere and passionate and dead wrong. The people who flew buildings into 9-11 towers were sincere and passionate and wrong. And and you may be like, I'd never be that sincere, that passionate, that wrong. But what about some sincere, some passionate, and some wrong? Are you with me? See, the power of the Christian life is found in the simplicity of believing, but not just believing, of believing the truth. Galatians chapter 1 verse 1 says this, Paul, now he's no longer Saul. He literally introduces himself as a different name. When mummy names you Saul, but God names you Paul, it might be awkward when you're writing back to mum. Hey mum, just to let you know, and then under, love you, Paul. Like, who? I got another son, I didn't even know I had another son. No, he is so secure in his identity in God that actually he literally changes his name. He changes his beliefs. He changes his, his practices. He literally stops just hanging out with Jews and he becomes the missionary to the Gentiles. Every, that's every single one of us. If you're a non, if you're a Jewish person, other than that, you're a Gentile. And the gap between Jew and Gentile, the Bible says, was broken at the cross. And I believe that there are too many people trying to then still divide us into different categories when Jesus has broken even the Jew and the Gentile category. We are one. In Christ, we're one. In Christ, we're all brothers and sisters. It isn't one versus the other. It isn't that one and that one. Yes, embrace your individual identity, but let it... Let Christ come over it. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. He says in Galatians 1 Paul an apostle sent not from men nor by a man. How many know this is confidence. He's literally telling people, listen, it wasn't someone someone didn't appoint me. It wasn't some leadership guru. I didn't go to John Maxwell like how to be a leader.com. Yeah. I literally was sent by God for God. Jesus himself appeared to me. That's pretty good credibility. You know, one of the men that comes to our church, Pastor Yasi Potom, literally, he used to do what Saul did, which was literally arrest people and do bad things to people. And then he saw Jesus, literally saw him. And from that day, he's basically been like an Apostle Paul to India. Out of their life has come over 10,000 churches. Not 10,000 people who now follow Jesus, 10,000 churches. That's ridiculous. I'm leading one. And this is at a place where sometimes they go into villages and sometimes the pastors get killed. You want to sign up for that leadership? That's why sometimes when you see the stage, don't just get attracted to the stage. Because the stage isn't most often what you think it is. There is a price to the stage. There is, a, there is sacrifice to the stage. There is a true following of Jesus to the stage. And if you're not willing to follow Jesus, then you can't have the stage. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> now he begins to unpack for us. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible. It says this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. For you... Someone say, that's me. For you who are born again have been reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, and are all children of God, set apart for His purpose with full rights and privileges through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ. Someone say, baptized. Baptized. For all of you who are baptized into Christ, that just means believed upon Christ, and there is actually a spiritual baptism, and then there is a physical baptism in water when other people see it, but there must be a spiritual baptism first. So he immerses you in Christ. You are literally surrounded by Christ. The Bible says you are placed in Christ. One of my favorite books of the Bible is the book of Ephesians, 17 times the Bible says, in him, in Christ, in whom, 17 times, it's, Paul is always talking to you and me about being placed in Christ. Yeah. Like, how come you're preaching so much about Christ? Because it's all about Christ. Yeah. <laughs> how come you're preaching so much about Jesus? You know, Eddie, if you just said Jesus, less more people come to the church because some people get offended by Jesus. I just, salvation is found in Jesus. When you are saved, you are placed in Christ. You are placed in Jesus. It's Jesus that died on the cross for you. No other person, no other religious leader died on the cross for you. No one came back from the dead for you. No one defeated sin, death, and hell for you. Come on, am I preaching to anyone today? There's no one that can make you right like Jesus. He's the Son of the living God. I think that's a bit obnoxious to say it's only Jesus that can give you eternal life. Do you know anyone who holds eternal life? Make sure the one you're asking holds it. If I ask a beggar for a billion dollars, I'm asking the wrong person. But if I ask a billionaire for a billion dollars, I've at least got a shot. But if I ask for eternal life, I better ask the right person. And the person better hold it. Jesus holds it. He's the only one who holds it. He's God Himself, and He literally holds eternal life. What does He hold? He holds eternal life. So, why is it arrogant to say He to, to say He's the only one that can give it? Because He's the only one that holds it. Let me take a seat. I'm not done. I appreciate you standing though. So Paul continued to see himself in the light of that transformation and that Acts chapter 9. Jesus changes him and he continues to see himself like that. Continues to see himself like that. And I wanted to tie together some of the messages that have come to our church over the last couple of weeks. When Pastor Joe Riddle came and spoke a word to us in the first service, he actually didn't hit it in the second one and the third one, but sometimes that happens as a minister. You kind of speak your best message in the first one and then you forget to say the other bit. But he said to us, I feel like what the Holy Spirit placed in my heart was a word for your church, which is resilient. In this season, can you decide to be resilient? And then Pastor Josh Kelly came along and said to us, Some of you need a new song. Like you need to sing a new song. And I just started to pray about that even this morning and I just began to think about it. Listen, how do you clothe yourself in Christ? How do you do it on a practical kind of level? How do you leave not just inspired on on, on Sunday, but how does your life change on Monday? Can I say this to you? That our church, we need a resilience in our praise because if we have a resilience and a resilience is a go back again go back again go back again go back again we need a resilience in our praise because praise is the key to joy of the Christian life and Nehemiah says that the joy of the Lord is your strength so let me backtrack a second here hear me now if you will praise during this weird season of 2020 you get your joy back, and you become resilient because joy is your strength, and you'll get a new perspective. See, I don't need glasses to see myself most of the time clearly because if I stare at myself too long, you might be like Anthony. I'm working on myself, working on myself, working on myself. Why don't you stare at Jesus? And let His presence get on you. Let Christ get on you. Paul said, I'm clothed with Christ. He said to every Christian, he says, you are baptized. You are clothed with Christ. And praise is that thing where you and I get to see the wonder of Jesus. You're like, there's so much stuff going on in the world right now. And you're like, I don't understand it. I know. I feel you. I'm confused as well. But sometimes if you don't know what to do, Maybe you just got to go back to that very simple thing of praising. See, for some of you, it's not that your strength is waning, but maybe your praise is waning. I went for a walk and just spent some time with Jesus yesterday. And I was just praying about some things and I was like, man, I should praise. Because sometimes it's easy to go to God and go, hey God, what's up? I don't believe that's the great way to pray. I really don't. I do it sometimes, and you should do it sometimes. And God, I think, blesses your sincerity, but understand you can be sincerely wrong. He says the gateway into my presence is praise. He says the gateway into my presence is praise. When, when the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray. It's funny they didn't say teach us how to preach or teach us how to do miracles. They said teach us how to pray. Why? Because if you get the prayer bit right, the other bit will start to flow all by itself. But he says, listen, Father in heaven. What's the first bit? Hallowed. Get your praise back. Come on, stand to your feet for a moment. I think that you and I can get our praise back for a moment. I think we can get our thanksgiving back for a moment. And here's the thing. You know, Josh Kelly said, Some of you need to sing a new song. I don't believe the new song just falls on you. I believe you praise. And then I I love when I praise and then later through the day, all of a sudden I notice that I'm just singing praises and I didn't have to try to sing praises. Because sometimes you have to lead yourself to praise. And it's like you break through some flesh things, but then later there's a song in your heart. You didn't even think, like you didn't need, no one needed to sing it to you. You didn't need your iPhone on at all. There was no K-Love going on in the background. There was just a song in your heart. And I believe that when we do that, we get our perspective the Christian life is found through believing but where do you access believing? you access it through seeing Him He says we are changed as we behold your glory how do you behold His glory? through praise so I want us to take 20 seconds and can you just put your hands together and just thank God come on if you're online today can we thank God can you praise God for a moment sometimes it feels a little forced it's okay You're thanking God by faith. You're thanking God by faith. You're praising by faith. You're praising him for changing your perspective. You're praising him that he's with you. You're praising him that he's for you. You're praising him that you got through this tough time. You're praising him that good things are in your future. You're thanking Him. him. You're praising him. You're praising him. Come on, get a new perspective. Let Christ be our focus let Christ be our focus as found through praise. Woo. Doesn't that feel good? And here's the thing, even if it didn't feel good, yeah, I felt a bit fake, I'm just not sure, I'm thankful yet. It's okay. You actually thank God until sometimes it's like your heart begins to break open a little bit. See, sometimes there's, it's almost like there gets scales on the eyes of our heart so we can't see and we praise and then we can see him then when we see him guess what we start to he shows up and then we start to smell like him you ever been somewhere and you smelt like smoke and you came home and you still smelt like smoke you've been to those places haven't you right you come back and you smell like smoke your hair smell like smoke your jacket smelt—you like, like and people go where you been you know, when you leave church, when you leave the presence of God, people need to be go, where you been? That's a, that's a nice aftershave. Because I've found I'm just I'm just more loving, I'm just more kind, I'm just more positive, I'm more forgiving. And sometimes if you run out there and all of a sudden you're about to flip someone off, uh, even before you get out of the traffic or the out of the Kings Court little parking area, it's just a reminder you need to go back again. You're like... Right. I'm serious because cause sometimes you're like I didn't work no it, it, it worked you got to work it a bit more though because what's actually happening is your heart it's revealing what's in your heart and then all of a sudden you might see someone and sometimes after praise and worship I see people and I promise you I see people in our church and I literally can tell I love them more I promise you sometimes I'm talking to people and I can tell when the presence of God has come so like I'm just like oh man let's just love those people how many of you know when, when you haven't been around the presence of the Lord, sometimes sometimes you might see people and just oh, I'm, sick. <laughs> I'm done with people. I had someone tell me recently, I'm done with people. <laughs> one, of our, one of our business leaders in our church is like, yeah, I really, really don't like people. <laughs> I had a great man in our church, a guy in our church who attended our church for a long time. He'd just been burned by so many things and his father was jackwagon. He really was and he says he says you know me he, he said to me he said I don't really like people like at all but he was like but I love you and I was like oh, come in there give it you know why he put on Christ he put on worship put on praise now if you're only like one person in front of you you've still got some work to do just want to let you know there's still some process Jesus needs to work on you do you believe that <laughs> praise God would you close your eyes for a moment you may be watching online maybe here in this auditorium right now it would be the great honour of my life to say do you know Christ do you know Jesus Paul teaches so clearly it's not your works. It's it's not your good morals. It's none of those things. The morality of God compared to man is ridiculously separate. So Jesus had to come and be that bridge. He loves you. He died for you. He actually wants to know you if you don't know Him today. He wants you to come back if you've been running away from Him, if you've been avoiding truth. And so I want to pray for you today and say a simple prayer. And some of you have been really running away from God for the last six months or year or five years. And you may be watching today and you're like, oh man, but, but don't avoid truth. He loves you. No one loves you like Him. No one will forgive you like Him. No one will give you what He can give you. If you're willing to surrender and just turn to Him in a moment of surrender and faith, He'll come in. Some of you, for the first time, you'll say yes to the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords and he will write your name in his book and you will become a child of the living God. You'll become an heir of all the promises of God in Christ Jesus. Some of you, you are a Christian, but you're kind of living a bit prodigal, maybe living a bit self-righteous out of the house. I'm gonna invite you to say a simple prayer to just rededicate your life to God. Let's pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I believe I need you. I put my faith in you. Not my own performance. Not my own righteousness. But yours. Fill me. I need you. Write my name in your family. Help me walk with you. Help me know you. Help me put on the new identity in Christ Jesus. Well, eyes are closed, if you prayed that today, I'd love to see you raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand all across this place. Anyone doing that today? Anyone doing that today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. That's awesome today. Anyone else today? Raise it up high enough, just long enough so I can see it. Thank you, sir, in the back. That's awesome today. Those online, you can just take a moment in your own heart. Jesus, bless your people. Fill your people. Align us where we need it. Fill us with your joy. Fill us with your grace, I pray. Come on, if you receive God's Word today, can you thank Him just for a moment? Can you praise Him just for a moment? Awesome. Now that was incredible seeing all those hands go up. Uh, We know there's a party in heaven and also here at Church Alive celebrating those decisions for Christ. And so, hey, we find because that decision is so important, we wanna resource you. So if you've raised your hand, and if you're watching online, those of you in person, you can grab this gift for you at our Next Steps counter right when you exit the sanctuary here. Or if you're watching online, you can text Um, connect seven to 97,000 and let us know uh, that you placed your faith in Christ. You gave your life to Christ today. Hey guys, we love you. We're so grateful you're here with us today. We'll see you back next Sunday. Don't forget to register Tuesday morning so you have a spot here at church. See you guys soon. God bless you.